Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Today we have an international guest with us, Marina Barayeva. And Marina, you might guess from her name, was born in Russia, but that is not where she lives now. Marina has been living in China. And one of the things she claims to fame or has as a uh, fame is that she speaks three and a half languages. And when I first saw that, I'm thinking, how do you do a half language? But then when I looked at it, I'm going, I get it. I think I speak one and a half languages. So using your example, Marina, I'm, I'm going with I'm a one and a half language speaker. Marina is pretty amazing. She is a photographer. She just got back from a, a photography competition in the south of China in what is considered the Chinese Hawaii she shares, and now she needs a little break. But the thing that is really great about Marina is she's going to be able to help us as either entrepreneurs, people who are in transition starting something new, or maybe have been long time in a career and are going in a different direction, about how to become credible in that and become thought leaders and positioned well for that. So Marina, with that tiny little background on you, what would you like to add to your background so folks get a better sense of who you are and how you ended up from Russia to China? (laughs) Hi, Sarah. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, It's a pleasure to serve your audience today. Well, as you said, I was born in Russia and I moved to China eight years ago. Eight years based in China. At uh, that time when I was in Russia, I I liked to do modeling. And then I was doing web design as my full-time work. Then I moved to China. And little by little, I switched to photography. I just felt in love with this. I like all kind of this creativity, uh, photography, acting, modeling. And because I was in modeling before, it was easier for me to switch to photography because I was in front of the camera. And then I just switched to the back of the camera. And living in China is just interesting experience. I traveled a lot in China. Then I had my online photography school, which let me travel all over the world. And then I closed it and I came back to China. So now I'm here working and I host a Marketing for Creatives podcast. I help other entrepreneurs to market their business, grow their business. And I love my work. What is the thing you love best about your work that like when you get up and for the listeners, I want you to know, we have a time difference here. So it's my afternoon and it's um, Marina's morning. So it's very early for her and she's recently been up. So when you wake up, what is the thing that gets you most excited? I love working with people. I love helping people. Like in my photography work, when people come to me, they live more feeling more confident. Because when they look at the pictures, like, wow, I didn't think I can look so beautiful. Or you make me look more handsome than I am. Oh, I'm already handsome, but now I look even more. Or when I do the podcast and I get people's feedback and they say, I got the new client. I got the new job. I got better, more followers, better marketing. Well, thank you so much. It's just like helping people and see how they grow. It's so exciting. I love, I'm ready to wake up, not even at 7 a.m. like it is now, but even earlier, stay late for that, just to help other entrepreneurs, creatives, or we all special, we all unique people. I want you guys to succeed. 
Well, that's great. So let's start and kind of talk a little bit about that. So let's make up a person who is just starting out in business, right? And maybe they want to start their own business, but they've been employed by somebody else, right? And they have all the technical skills they need. So they they know how to do their work and their quality work, but they're not known. What is one of the first tips or things you might help someone do? First, think about what you want to do and what you want to be known for. Because once you know where you go, it will be easier for you to market. Think about the clients which you want to work. And often when people think about the ideal client, they forget that this is the client that you want to work with, but they end up with different other people. And they're like completely not their market. Like I'm a photographer and I see many photographers who do wedding, but they want to shoot portraits. But they say like, oh, weddings brings more money. And, you know, I'll keep portraits as a hobby. But they love photography and they hate weddings. I'm like, why don't you switch just little by little? So when you start out, think about who are these people uh, who you want to serve? What do you want, what service you want to provide them? And if you have your experience, put it together already, like uh, why people should trust you, what your skill, if you not master your skills yet, keep working on that. And then when you start out and when you start growing your credibility, one of the first thing that people will look at are your clients. And this is what you need to have the portfolio of people who you want to work with. Sometimes it can be challenging because you may think, oh, I want to work with these clients, but how am I going to get with this? And you start with someone and you have like average portfolio and you're still getting average people. So here is my suggestion to you. Think about these people and look in your area who you would like to work with. And think about the influencers. And there are several types of influencers which will help you to speed up your growth, to build credibility. Those are micro-influencers. Those are bloggers and content creators. Those are thought leaders and experts in your area. And come up with a project. Something which you can, for example, as I'm a photographer, I can think about, I want to photograph 10 best professionals in their area. If you are, for example, a fitness trainer, I want to work for one month with 10 ladies to make them lose weight or to get them into the shape. 10 people are enough. If you can do more, it's good for you. Less, that's okay too. Seven people, five people. But those should be your ideal clients. And those people, try to pick them, those who already have the community. Because then they will help you to spread the world. So now... So I was going to ask, um, when you say they already have a community. So let's stay with your example of someone who's a fitness trainer, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe they don't have their ideal client yet. If they're looking to work with 10 folks, they would identify people who fit their ideal client profile. Is that what you're saying? 
and mm-hmm. then approach them to be in a one month program with them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so what am I offering? I'm offering to do that for free. I'm offering to do that in exchange for testimonial. What, how am I thinking about that as a startup person? So that's why I told you, put it into the project and give a mission to your project. Like I'm, I'm starting my fitness business and I on a mission to help women to look beautiful, to have their shape. And now I commit myself for one month, make it short. Don't make the long-term projects. You need to start faster. If you can get results in two weeks, good for you. (laughs) So let's say one month because you need to reach out, you need to work uh, with people. And then you come with them and tell about this. Because if you come with one person and you say that, you know, I just start out and I need... um, to have some clients just in case, you know, to tell people that I work with someone, maybe the testimonial, it doesn't sound good. But when I come to you and tell, Sarah, I'm working in a project. I want to work with 10 amazing women in my hometown and I want to help them to get into the shape and I want to spread the word about this how you transition from one stage to another one. Because I promise in a month, you're going to look beautiful. You already look beautiful, but we will add some curves to your body. Isn't it good? What do you think about it? So when you have this idea, you, you speak from your heart and you need to choose something which you're passionate about because people will feel it. And when you come, more likely they will say yes to you. You can do it as an exchange, especially if you have more experience and you're already comfortable that you can bring a lot of value that. And for those who just like really started and adopting themselves, you can offer it as a, like free, but only as a part of the project. Because if you come and say only for free, people more likely, like not everyone will value your work, but in the project, they know that they are part of something big. So something special that is just mm-hmm. for a, a select group of people. And exactly. in this case, women in, who are going to be getting fit and curvy and looking good. And then they'll mm-hmm. be part of it with nine other women who will have shared that experience with them as well. So then you're saying they then become the persons who will spread the word about you and the changes in themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... Some people will not. When you work with them, when you finish, when you see that the person happy, this is your task. You need to deliver what you promised and you need to like to make them feel comfortable. Whatever you promise them, whatever you say, they need to be your happy client. And in the end, you ask about the testimonial. Could you write a few words about me, about the work? If they say yes, that's awesome. If they say no, that's okay. More likely they will say yes, especially if you pick those influencers because they're more comfortable to speak with the community, give feedbacks and all of these things. So more likely they will give you the testimonial. Can you do video? Go for it. Can they do only just write it down? That's good too. 
and I suggest you to give them some questions which will help you to, that they will write you exactly what you want. For example, when I ask my photography clients to give me the testimonial, I ask them a few questions. I just tell them, Sarah, did you like your photos? Yeah, could you write a testimonial for me, please? I can just send you a few questions and you can just simply answer them or just write something from your, whatever, from your heart. That's okay? Yes, that's fine. Okay, so and I send you a few questions like, what did you, what were you afraid before you came for the photo shoot? How do you feel now? What would you say to your friends if you would recommend me to them? So you see, I got fears, how excited she is, and the recommendation. So you're already helping the person help you by framing the questions you want Mm -hmm. them to answer. Mm -hmm. Because if you just ask about the testimonial, they can write a few sentences, but that's not always what, uh, what will benefit you. I mean, good words are always good. But here you got the structure. And when you will talk to other clients, you can show the testimonial and say, you see, Sarah was nervous. If she's really going to get the results in one month. And now she's so happy because she looks awesome. She got to the day with a handsome guy after that. So you can share the stories after Well, the other thing that I really like about that approach is you're actually making it easier for the person, right? Because sometimes when you say, can you write something? I know for me, I will get requests, can you write a a letter of recommendation or whatever? I'm thinking, sure, what is it you need, right? And if you can give me a framework that helps me, like, well, tell me these things or speak to these topics, then I can knock it out for them. Right. But when I have to think it's a research project on my end, I'm less likely to do it or I'm not less likely to do it in the way that will benefit them. So I think that is such great advice, Marina. Back up for a minute, though. I wanted to ask you just because it's a word that everybody uses a lot now, which is the word influencer. Right. So oftentimes when that happens, people think an influencer is only the people who are really well known in the media or Maybe their pictures in the paper a lot, or their whatever. How do you define an influencer? And for instance, in the example you were using with a fitness trainer, where what kinds of people might be influencers in that line of work? I already shortly mentioned several types of influencers, but let me tell a little more about those. Let's say micro influencers. When you think about those people, those are people who have the community. They may be not that well-known, but she can be, for example, a mom who has a big face group in your hometown. And if your hometown is not that small, but there is like a really engaging community, she is an influencer. Even with her few hundreds of people, a thousand people over there. So many people listen to her. Or there can be someone with the Instagram account with many followers, she's going to be the influencers. And that's not necessary uh, to have someone with a thousand, hundred thousand followers. Again, they can be like 10,000 followers, but look how engaged people who follow her or him on social media. Then you can think about the uh, bloggers, content creators, like journalists, 
often you don't see these people because they're behind of the screen. They just write. And they are also influencers. But because they write a lot or they have their own blog, they influence people through this blog. You can bring you can bring example with the fitness trainer, a mom blogger, and she may talk about kids, and you can just bring her to the to this your project and ask, maybe you can write about this. What do you think? How do you feel? Will it fit your blog? Or if she is gonna be happy, often if I photograph people, nine people over ten put their picture on their profile in the next few days. If you make women happy, she will spread the word about you. <laughs> That's a true story. Exactly. And the opposite is also true. Mm-hmm. And then you can talk about, uh, you can think about the experts or other thought leaders. The experts, if you're in coaching business and you tell people how to do social media marketing, you train them or you give me an example anything you can interview other experts you can ask them a question and then then you help them for example do the service and ask the question at the same time and then you get the result you got 10 questions from smartest people in our community and then you can post it on your blog that time and then tell those 10 people who you work with and ask if they will be interesting to share. And they will share with their communities too. So it's a lot about relationship and looking for where things connect. Exactly, exactly. Because even if they will not spread the word about you, they will not talk about you. When you get to people who know them and start talking, oh, you know, I actually work with Sarah. She hosts a fantastic podcast. Oh, really? I know her. Oh, wow. What did you do together, guys? Oh, we worked for one month on getting her in shape. And she's gorgeous. You know, her husband tells her compliments every day now. How beautiful she is. Oh, wow. And actually, I have a testimonial from her. Uh, She shared her story, how excited she is after our project. And so on, and so on. (laughs) Your enthusiasm is just infectious. That's so great. So Marina, talk a little bit about one of the things, you know, like if I'm doing this, because it's easy when you're telling me like, do this, do this, do this. But when you're working with someone, and especially since your niche is marketing and really helping to lift people up to get what they want, do you walk them through a particular process? Well, let's break them to the steps. Number one, think about what you want to be known for. Number two, think about who are those ideal clients that you want to work with and look for them in your city or in your country, whatever you want to scale your business. Your ideal clients and think about how you can collaborate with them. So the next step, come up with a project with seven 10 people that you can deliver your service within a short period of time and reach out to them. And some people may say no, or they will not reply you. If people do not reply you, reach them out a few times again. 
People ask me sometimes, how many times should I reach out to people? Till someone tell you no. And even if someone tell you no, you really want this person, you really want to work with this company or the uh, influencer, reach out again. And sometimes no just means not right now. And then do the project, put together all these uh, testimonials if you've got or answers to the questions or the results they get. And the next step, which will help you to market yourself, when you have the project, if people will write about you, that's good. If they will talk about you, that's good. But you put an effort to share about this project and this story. Media loves stories. If you come to the magazine and tell, oh, tell, can you talk about my business? They probably will tell you no. When you come to them and share about the excited project that you've got, you know, I work with 10 best women in our city. Especially if you go to the niche magazine or niche, uh, like whether it's offline or online. And would you be interesting if I will write how I've done it and I got some of their feedbacks? This is the interesting story. So that allows you to actually serve the magazine, whether it's online or print, right? So they're not having to do the work. You're actually helping them as you're helping you, as you're helping your clients. You see, it's so easy. You just help everyone. And they help you in their turn. What has been your favorite platform to be on? Do you have one? I like Instagram. I feel it's more, there are more engagement with people, more personal. Because Facebook, for example, the algorithm is changing. It's harder to reach people. And Twitter is not really my thing. Even if I'm active there, I keep in touch with people there. I keep in touch with the influencer, like marketers or business people. They're still there. But Instagram, my favorite thing. I'm a photographer. I'm a pictures person. Yeah, you're visual, right? Mm-hmm. And Instagram's great for that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're cracking me up with the Twitter, I'm thinking, yeah, Twitter. Hmm. I think Twitter. you really have to know where folks Twitter. are at. <laughs> I know people who live on it, right? They check it all the time. They follow. I'm thinking it's kind of a little... It's okay, but it's not my default, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I would imagine that the visual piece, I would expect you to be on Instagram. Mm-hmm. When um, your clients, because you can work international, where are most of your clients? Do you have them spread out or are most near you? I mostly work with foreigners who live in Beijing or China, but sometimes I do project abroad. Or sometimes I do, like, I have a group of photographers in Miami, and we sometimes organize the workshops there. I like Miami. I like tropical stuff. (laughs) I gathered that from where you said you just came back from. You like tropics. So are your ideal clients in a niche? Are they also photographers, or are they different kinds of business people? I specialize on two types of uh, services which I provide. One is the fashion style portraits for women. As because I was a model and had a lot of experience, I can turn any woman into a beautiful princess. So when people reach me out, I tell them, you will look like in a magazine. 
and people say, I don't like to be photographed. Oh no, I'm fat. I'm like, you're not fat. You just had a bad photographer. I'm too old. No, you just had a bad photographer. Just give it a try. And another group of people who I serve are professionals, executives. I do model actors portfolios. So this is a group of people who I also serve with my podcast when I talk about business and marketing because many of them are individuals and they want to grow either professionally or to grow their hobbies in the business. So I try to bring them different guests, different experts from all over the world who talk about their expertise, how to sell, how to market yourself, how to get more time in a day, how to manage business and families, all of those things. That brings up a question that I had written down I want to ask you, but I want to jump back to your podcast thing. Why did you start that? Was it to serve those people or was that something that fit your artistic creative piece? Well, I was in web design and I had the photography school. And then I started to write a little bit in English. That was so scary because I wanted to keep going with that. And I love this marketing things. I like to experiment and see how things work. Sometimes you read the article, okay, you how to get more followers on Instagram. And I tried those things and they didn't work. And I'm like, okay, but I know... I know a new strategy, how things work, and I can write an article about this. So I test many things. And then I thought, I need to do something with this. And I have, and I want to help my people because when I tested random things, even if it's social media marketing, I felt it didn't really connect that much with my people. And I was looking for something really, which will be, which will be on point for them. And I like people, I like talking, meeting people. I can write a good article, but then I will be procrastinating on it for a week because I don't really like writing, but I like talking, meeting like we do now, you know? And it's fantastic. You're somewhere, I'm in China, we're in different countries, different time zones. We can just meet and share our expertise. Isn't it amazing? It is amazing. Bring it to our audiences. You'll bring it to your audience. I'll bring it to my audience. Helping people. So I decided to start. I want to do podcasts. And we just passed one year anniversary. That is so exciting. A lot of things were done. But what was the most surprising thing when you started that? Because I'm coming up on my one-year anniversary. So when mm-hmm. you think about your podcast, what was, like when you started out to where you are today, what is something um, surprising that you learned along the way or something that came out of it that you thought, I never would imagine that it would be so great and I would have X happen? First, it's not that scary. <laughs> I was so nervous because I'm Russian and I speak English, but to broadcast internationally, I was very nervous. What if I'll make a mistake? What if people will not like my accent? What if, what if, what if? And I I overslept my first recording. <laughs> I was sleeping because of the different time zones and I see something blinking in front of my eyes and I open my eye and there's a message. Are we still on meeting in Skype? I'm like, yes. 
And I quickly put everything there and sitting in front of my guest, like five minutes, I was really, and he asked me, oh, what time is it there? Like 7 a.m.? You look awesome for 7 a.m. I'm like, thank you. Did I brush my hair? I don't remember. <laughs> Just five minutes ago, I was sound asleep. Yes. It was so sweet sleeping in my bed. And But more and more people came to the podcast. And I talked to all people who I wanted to talk. Imagine that you can reach out to your favorite speakers, book authors. And it's not only for my community. Sometimes I ask questions which are interesting to me. And like I got coaches during the whole year from every industry. Isn't it amazing? It is amazing. I spent six years in the university, but I'd rather have my podcast for one year. I agree. Well, you learn a lot about, I mean, you learn a lot about the production side and all of that kind of thing, but it's so great. I mean, I think about the example you gave that we didn't know each other initially, and now we do, but it's so easy and it's so easy to share with other people and for other people to to help lift them up, to get their story out. In my case, help you get your word spread and for you to help our listeners. And it's so easy to do that. And you're right. The, the, fear of it, the nervousness of it, you just got to get over it. You know, it's not as bad as it, as it is, and you're never going to be perfect. So exactly, exactly. Just go for it. Yeah, I have, although I didn't have to do it in a foreign language. So that's a big thing. What I wanted to ask you though, I was thinking about this as I was reading your background and your bio and the different things you're doing. And that is, what is a typical day for you? And how do you prioritize what you're working on? Well, my day started, today started early and started with a podcast, <laughs> but usually I wake up in the morning, get the water, I pray and meditate, and then I turn to my main things of the day. So I try to be productive in the morning and I try to finish the stuff which is more important for me right now. Then during the day, if I have a photo shoot, I go to the photo shoot and uh, then close to the evening, I retouch images or meet with the clients, deliver the services. And also the end of my day, because I mostly interview people internationally. So often it's just exchanging emails or doing interviews. I try to do it from Monday to Wednesday, like those three days. And the rest, I just work on my staff or I can meet with my friends. Did it take you a while to get into that rhythm or were you able to do that from the beginning? Uh, it took me a while to structure that. I usually I get used to work for myself and wake up like seven seven thirty in the morning. Even on Sunday, people don't understand that. People who work on the full time job, they don't say how you can wake up at seven a.m. on Sunday. I'm like I can go dancing because I love dancing. I, I it's my another hobby. I can do dancing on Saturday and still I will wake up at 7 a.m. in the morning and then I'll go to church and do all my stuff. Uh, but I practice. I, I tested, tested, experimented what's better with me. And this works better because sometimes there are stuff which you need to do and you postpone them maybe in the daytime and then something comes up. A delivery guy comes. 
or someone else, else come and you have another things to do and then you you cannot finish everything so i try to do everything in the morning the most important thing which will help me to move forward with my business or lifestyle i think that's important because i know for our listeners who are transitioning right you have one habit or one routine let's say and sometimes when you change it's easy to think that routine will still fit your new circumstances and it might but it also may not and it may be important to be able to say you know what i'm not going to be available immediately when i start my day because i have things if i don't get them done they're not going to get done so i i do i agree with you that getting the most important things done first cuz once the day goes or someone interrupts you, it can go downhill. And then you're looking at the end of the day thinking, I really needed to get that done. And now it's partially done, not done. That's true. That's true. So what do you do? I know you like dancing, um, Mm -hmm. but what else do you do to regenerate yourself, to keep your energy up and um, your enthusiasm up? Traveling and dancing. Those are my two big energizers. Where do, and I know you like Miami. So where do you travel most often? Do you have a favorite place? Uh, well, Miami, I have many friends there. But I often go somewhere not far from China, like Hong Kong, Macau. I was in Thailand. I was in Indonesia, Singapore, like countries close to China. And yeah, as you notice, I like to travel abroad. <laughs> Because I have, I now have so many friends everywhere. So I try to combine these things, a little travel, hang out with friends. And I have a list of friends who I promised to visit, but still didn't have time. (laughs) That's a good thing. So Marina, I know that you have offered folks um, something from your website that they can have and for free that will actually help them. Do you want to talk a little bit about your um, test? Sure. If your listeners are interested in getting more, know more about how to become an influencer and take a test, what influencer you are right now as an entrepreneur, you can just go to marinabareva.com forward slash influencer. Answer a few questions. It's a very quick quiz. And then you will get the results and what stage you are right now and what to do next. So maybe you are in the very beginning or maybe you already have some kind of influence how you can market yourself more. You also get to my email list where you'll get the new episodes of the Marketing for Creative show and where I will talk more about how you can grow your influence and authority. So this is marinabareva.com forward slash influencer. Great. And we'll put the link into the podcast note. One of the questions, there's two questions I've been asked from the podcast guests to ask all the guests. And that, and one is, what is something that you actually had to overcome, like a challenge that you actually overcame to stay the course that you're on now? And then I'll ask you the other question afterwards. In the beginning of my career, the photography career, I was terrified to sell. I put so much effort as a creative person. I I worry about the craft. I worry about how beautiful photos. And I was so 
afraid to tell my prices, to sell stuff because I cared more about how good my work is instead how a person feel. There was a time then when my friend said, your work is beautiful, but you look for the approval. When you find out how to help people and make them happy, you will build the business. And I couldn't understand it for a couple of years. But I kept it in mind. And then there was a finally the photo shoot. And a girl said, wow, I never saw myself like this. And then I realized, this is what I sell. This is my offer. The beauty, confidence, and these feelings which you get. Look at yourself from different perspective. It's not the perfect image. And I tried to do the art portraits and all of this like painting style. No, they just want to be, you ju- they just want to feel beautiful. And it's completely different. So then that, because selling was difficult for you, did that shift that for you? Yeah, exactly. Because before I put more effort to telling the process, the pictures, And after that, I started sharing more stories. More of the transformation? Yeah. I just switched focus from from myself trying to prove how good I am to to the person showing how beautiful they will be, how good will be their pictures, how confident they will or handsome look on the portraits, and then they can put it on the website, social media, and this will represent themselves. Excellent. So this is my other question for you that we'll end on. I want you to think about Marina when you were 10 years old. So you'd never been to China yet. Um, Or maybe you had been on vacation, I don't know. But not as you are now. And knowing now what you do and the transitions you've been through and what you've learned, what would you tell Marina as a 10-year-old that would kind of enlighten her as to what's yet to come? Worry less about how things will be and what other people will think about that. And just do try and see how things work. I don't think you could give any better advice than that, Marina. So I just want to thank you for taking time out of your morning to be with us here. And I will put links to everything that on your website, how people can reach out to you, Instagram, so that they can check out your work and your energy and learn from you. And I will look forward to following you as well. I'll take the test and see what level of influencer I am. (laughs) Okay, thank you. I'll share that. (laughs) All right, take it easy, Marina. Thank you, Sarah. It was a privilege to serve your audience today. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. We hope you liked what you heard, and if you did, we ask that you go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, please be sure to share. And until next time, have a great week living a no labels, no limits, and no excuses life.